0: good morning good evening good night folks this is your football scout 365 host woody massey and i'm here today for our nfl podcast but thank you for checking out the channel please go take a look at after further review and brandon's top 50 2023 draft prospects oh he's got a draft profile on each guy and we've already started the after further review breakdowns and we've done bryce young cj stroud Will Levis. I think we got running back B. John Robinson in the in the heater, in the chamber. So we've brought you a bunch of content. Thank you so much for checking it out. But uh, let's get going with the podcast. All right, guys. We're gonna rapid fire this stuff. Obviously, there's little comments to make on each one, but we're gonna keep it brief. NFL Divisional Champs, we're two weeks away, a week away, week away. Right from the championship? <laughs> from, from <laughs> opening kickoff. We're there already. It's the oh. it's,
1: it's the 11th, so it's it's a week from uh this Sunday. I, never forget. I, was, I was also confused. All right. No, it's disgusting. Like it's almost like the closer we get to football season, the further away we get from it.
0: I know. I, I don't like this this week and a half gap that they got going
1: on right now. Not yeah, cool. It's
0: awful. All right. So uh CJ Give me your AFC, NFC champs,
1: Super Bowl champ, sleeper team, your MVP, and your Rookie of the Year. Oh, man, you put me on the spot. So, AFC champs, I have the Buffalo Bills. My NFC champs, I have the Green Bay Packers, unfortunately. Uh, My champions, I have the Green Bay Packers. Uh, My sleeper pick is the Indianapolis Colts after adding Matt Ryan to that roster. Uh, My MVP pick is jonathan taylor i think it's time and then my rookie of the year pick is sky Moore from the chiefs love it brandon hit us with it
2: uh afc champs i'm gonna go with the uh buffalo bills wanted to go with the chiefs there i got the chargers and the bills in the afc title game reality to me is the chargers they look the part they have the young gunslinger quarterback to go with it uh, we already know who the Bills are and what they're all about on the NFC side. I've got the Bucks versus the Packers in the NFC title game. Uh, Packers defense has been the thing, uh, the narrative for them in camp and in the offseason. They've really built that up. The run game, they've got that. And then you've got Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they're going to start a little slow this year, kind of rebound and go on a run. Packers uh, versus the uh, Bills in the Super Bowl. Packers are going to get it done. Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done. I think it's going to be on the backs of the run game and the defense. And then the MVP of the NFL, I feel like will be Tom Brady. I think it's setting itself up for the swan song season. I feel like this is it for Tom Brady He's going to call it, call it a career after this. So he's going to get that MVP. My offense, my offensive rookie of the year, I got George Pickens. We all all like know it. I'm obsessed with him. Steelers wide receiver from uh, Georgia, and then defensive rookie of the year, the obvious Aiden Hutchinson.
1: Not obvious. Nate. Not a homer.
0: Give us your champions and the MVP and rookie of the year.
3: Bills winning the AFC, the Bucks winning the NFC, the Bills winning the Super Bowl. I've got the Vikings as my sleeper pick. I've got Josh Allen as my MVP. I've got Kenneth Walker. As my offensive rookie of the year. Definitely no bias in any of these picks. I don't want I don't I want no one to <laughs> yeah, judge is. me on bias. And I'm I defensive is, and everyone, rookie of the year. I've got Aiden Hutchinson. Michigan no bias. At well,
0: all right. I'm hey, ready for the hate, y'all. AFC. I got the Chargers coming out. The uh the AFC can't uh, even say
1: what you your chest. <clears throat>
0: AFC, I have the Chargers coming out. I see them beating the Bills in the championship. NFC, give me the repeat. Run it back. Rams, two for Rams, repeat, because this is a dynasty. Let's keep it going. Dynasty. The Ravens are my sleeper, because everybody's sleeping on. They restock the defense. The secondary is healthy. They got three legit starting safeties. They can run some scary stuff over there in Baltimore right now. My MVP, This is Josh Allen's swan song year. We'll touch on that later in the podcast. I think this is the year he gets it done. Rookie of the year. Don't call me biased, but Drake London. I see a lot of volume here. The Falcons have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Kyle Pitts is going to be stretching those safeties deep, leaving the middle wide open from a boy from UFC. I think he's going to get 80 to 90 balls, right around 1,000 yards. Fingers crossed. I could see 10 touchdowns. We'll see. Defensive, Defensive rookie of the year, Jordan Davis from the Eagles. He's the... Most physical specimen in this draft. And I think people are really sleeping on what it's going to be like playing next to Fletcher Cox for a young rookie with his skill set. I think they're absolutely going to destroy people up the middle. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts on anybody's picks here? Uh, Nate,
1: total homer.
0: Nate, I like I, I like your Viking sleeper pick. I've been starting to grow uh, on that. I know you've been talking about it the last couple <laughs> of weeks.
1: Look, I just I just want to break down Nate's picks for the for the watchers. All right. So Buffalo is essentially his his, his second favorite team, third favorite team now. Uh, Buccaneers, everybody knows Tom Brady's favorite player. The Vikings, he has a crush on Kirk Cousins. His MVP is Josh Allen. That's a side <laughs> chick. That's a sneaky link. Kenneth Walker with the Michigan State, his favorite college football program. Aiden Hutchinson plays for his favorite NFL football team. All right, y'all, let's talk Jimmy G. Jimmy
0: G, we've been waiting to see if he's going to get traded and released. Oh, it's and in a little M. Night Shyamalan twist, Jimmy G decides to double down, restructure his contract, make a lot less this year, $6.5 but looks like he will remain in San Francisco. Yeah. So hey, look. Jimmy G now becomes the richest backup in uh-huh. the league. How does this affect Trey Lance?
1: If Jimmy G wasn't going to get $24 million regardless, okay? Because he was he was either—he he couldn't find a trade partner, all right? Mm-hmm. And if he couldn't find a trade partner, the Niners were probably most likely to release him. Mm-hmm. None of that $24 million was was fully guaranteed at all, right? So he wouldn't have gotten any of that. It's a win-win now for both teams. He gets $6.5 million guaranteed, incentives up to $17 million. And the Niners have uh, the best insurance policy of quarterback in the NFL right now. I don't think it means anything for— Trey Lance. I know we can speculate. I speculated initially. What does this mean for Trey Lance? I just think it just made sense for the Niners, and the Niners couldn't say no to this, and Jimmy G is kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place, because obviously, I don't think there were a lot of suitors, if any, who were coming, willing to give the Niners whatever they were asking for for Jimmy G. Sam Darnold is actually the most expensive backup in the NFL at $18
0: million. Oh! Last Aww. year of his rookie deal. That's right. Uh, so <clears throat> I don't. I, th- I think that they have the luxury of being able to keep him around. Because it's been reported a lot this offseason, the last couple offseasons. Jimmy G isn't the most communicative guy with his uh, teammates in the offseason. Likes to go ghost. Very hard to get in contact with. So I don't necessarily that think that he's really looked at as the major leader in that locker room. So I don't think he'll be a distraction, say, if he
1: is the backup all year. I don't, when you look I don't, that good, Woody, when you look that good, man. True. Like, Pretty look, man. communication has probably never been at the precipice of the things you were good at. When you look like Jimmy Garoppolo, you don't need to talk to people.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I want to say though, man, Tom Brady once feared this man being able to take over the locker room, and I know he was uh, the only guy more handsome than him. Hey, yeah, that's that's <laughs> legit, I guess. I mean, but still. At the same time, this dude definitely, I don't think that some of these reports that we're hearing about him in the locker room, I don't, I don't buy into that. I feel like the 49ers, they're a win now team. And when you're a professional at the NFL level, your mindset is I want to win and I want the best opportunity to win. If it's Trey Lance, so be it. If it's not Trey Lance, then give me a guy who can help me win. And I feel like Shanahan, his mindset is I need that break in case of emergency guy available to me because if we're if we start off slow and we need to do something, it's whether it's Trey Lance's fault he gets hurt, uh, whatever the case may be, or maybe he just needs to take a seat for for a drive or two or an entire half to win a game. You have that availability there while you try to develop him more because we know he's got the talent; he just has to get there. And I, I I'm starting to believe the camp reports that we were hearing that he's just not up to speed enough or gaining the confidence of the coaching staff enough. Um, but at the same time, I feel like they might be a little hesitant now or like they're backpedaling a little bit themselves because they don't they don't want to look bad. So there's a couple different ways to look at this. They either didn't want to trade him to the Seahawks, drop him and end up playing, you know, playing him and the potential of losing the division to the (laughs) Seahawks because Jimmy G is over there and and you're over here starting the dude that you kept over him. It's going to make you look bad. So you don't want to put yourself in that position.
0: That's that's my mindset. I, I have a counter here for you. Look back at the track of work with Kyle Shanahan in Washington, the RG3 situation. They took Kirk Cousins. And they went and Kirk Cousins came in and he had success when yeah. Roger uh, Robert Griffin, III third got injured and they kept Kirk Cousins around. This is a guy who likes competition. He's not afraid to have someone behind his young quarterback. We've yeah. seen it in the past. I think this is just a matter of having depth with a running quarterback and they didn't get the right trade offer. They didn't want zero value. So they maximized their opportunity here. They kept the guy that's gotten them to the NFC championship twice. And the Super yeah. Bowl
1: one. Look, I, I think uh, this th- I this that. worked out this worked out for the Niners more than it worked out for Jimmy G. But at the end of the day, 100%. the way it stands now, I think it was a win win for both parties, a bigger win for the Niners because they have the best backup quarterback in the league right now. I mean,
0: they won despite Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs last year. Let's be real.
1: Hey, look, Jimmy G, he's good looking. He's he made a lot of money. He's it's a fourth time to 33- mention that. He's 33 and 14 as a starter. At the end of the day, it's about winning games in the NFL. And we can say whatever we want to about him. We can bring up advanced statistics that says he doesn't do this well, that well. He wins at the end of the day. And, Brandon, I'm glad you brought up. We, we always forget about the whole Jimmy G, New England, Tom Brady debacle that was, what, four or five years ago? Like, yeah, that's the whole get him get him out of here. Get him. Yeah. Get him up yeah, out of man. here. I
2: can't deal with this. Yeah,
0: yeah. Brady's human, too, sometimes. All right, y'all. Cowboys Nation. Are the Cowboys in trouble after the injury of all pro Tyron Smith? This is a mountain of a man missing from that lineup now. We're talking a staple in the top five tackles in the league for, what, the past decade now, almost? Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on with the Cowboys this year? Is this going to affect their playoff chances? Vegas already has Philly moving up over them in the odds to win the division.
1: Yeah, wow. that's been getting traction all offseason. I feel like since like literally last January, as soon as the season ended, people started picking Philadelphia to win the East. Right. And then before they even did anything, then they go out and they get A.J. Brown and they have a great draft and they get Jordan Davis and all this and that. And like I see it. It's a talented roster. Losing Tyron Smith is a big loss for Dallas, but the glass is half full from this standpoint. Um, Dallas used 24 different offensive lineman combinations last year when they dealt with injury. So they're used to shuffling the offensive line around. They will be okay. The glass is half full because this happened two weeks before week one, and it didn't happen in the middle of week 10 or week 12 when you're ponying up and you're trying to get healthy for a playoff run. So from that standpoint, I think they'll be able to be okay. This isn't the same Dallas offense and offensive line that we knew Back in 2016, 2017, that offense is different now. Dak Prescott has showed the ability in the past over the last year and a half that he can um, do enough to uh, mitigate um, that difference that they have along the offensive line. So he's a good enough quarterback to elevate the ones around him to make that look um, like a small loss. Hmm.
0: I I totally agree. I think... uh... I think Dak Prescott, he slimmed down this year after the ankle Just, injury. Yeah. Got got a little leaner, got a little meaner. I think he saw what was missing from his game last year. The fact that he couldn't run as much, and I think he's ready to bring back into the that into the repertoire. Yeah. So I I, I don't think it's gonna hurt them as much as people think it is, but it is right. a big
1: loss. It's a loss for sure. It's a loss. He's gonna feel it, but I think Dak Prescott, they'll be able to overcome it. The, the, they still got weapons on offense, right? They still got a defense that is really good at turning the ball over. Um, uh, Dallas will be okay. Yeah, they got to run the ball. What are That's... our
0: expectations of Mac Jones and the New England Patriots? Mac Jones, I mean, I think the Patriots are in trouble. I think there's no offensive coordinator stuff is really <clears throat> coming back to bite them in the butt. There's a problem with chain of command. There's a problem with fluidity of the offense. I think we've seen that in the preseason as well. Is Mac Jones an elite enough prospect that he can overcome these little obstacles that are being dropped in front of him and the fact that they don't really have a number one wide receiver? I just, the math isn't adding up for me, guys. What's going on? They
2: don't even have a number two. <laughs> mm. I just, yeah.
0: Real. I, feel, so, I mean, do they have a number one? I mean, let's be real. Jonu Smith is making like, what, close to $10 million a year and he got thrown the ball maybe 30 times last year. What's going on?
2: What's yeah. going on is this is Bill Belichick's you know, him proving to the world that Tom Brady was more meaningful to him than the other way around. And I think, let me rephrase that maybe at the beginning of Brady's career, kind of molding him into who he became totally that's partly to do with Bill Belichick and in his mindset. But I think now without Tom Brady, that Bill Belichick is being exposed. I mean, the last three drafts, I think they have two, two guys from the last three or four drafts, uh, still on the roster, um that were drafted well, we've known the he's first a bad draft
1: for a while yeah Especially right so winners. and tom brady was able, able to overcome that he could
2: overcome it with less and you know that was Belichick's binky, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. like his way. Okay, I can do my thing on defense. I can craft, you know, great defensive game plans. We'll be great on special teams, and we'll be great at all the all the little things that you need to be great at. And Tom Brady's going to bail us out or keep us alive on offense and do the things we need to do. Now he doesn't have that, and Mac Jones is not that guy. We we already knew that. He's a plug-in. You know, you plug him in, and he's an adequate game managing quarterback. He's lesser than Kirk Cousins, so to speak, he's a but point he's in guard. The- Yeah, he's a distributor with no one to distribute to. He's not a shooting, you know, he's not the point guard who can hit the baskets. He's a guy Mahomes.
0: yeah, he's he's not in that realm. And let's be real, their division has gotten a lot tougher this offseason. Miami, you're going to have a much more improved offense, hard to guard, and you have a lot more weapons over there. The Jets, another year in Salah's system. You get some good young rookies in there. With sauce Gardner, and then you also yeah. have a lo- much more loaded offense. This is not the same division that they literally ran through last year.
1: So, they just so look kept running the ball. Let me ask y'all this question specifically New England. Question is: What are the expectations? What do you guys expect from New England this year? You expect them guys to be in the playoffs? No, no,
2: not now.
0: Man, y'all said it. Yeah. quick.
1: They'll they'll make the playoffs. Okay, you buy yourself on that one, Nate. I'm gonna go with Brandon. I, I get you why you say
0: it, Nate. I I get it. Like we Yeah, it's because we,
1: we exactly. No, it's not even. It's not even that. So, the defense is really good too. Or should that front That's, seven yeah. should be
3: good? Their their defense is gonna carry them. Like I'm not saying that they're a good football team, but they're they adequate the enough corner. to sneak it. I, yeah. What I'm saying is is they're not they're not a great football team but they're good enough to sneak into the top seven in in that in that conference
1: so so nate basically you're saying hey when you got bill when you got a game managing quarterback when you got a good running game and a solid defense bill can get you there yeah i I mean they're
3: not they're not going to ask mac jones to go break the world they're going to ask him to make make the correct reads make make the throws that they expect him to make yeah and they're gonna dink and dunk their way to eleven and six, ten and they're seven. The and they're gonna sneak in. Yeah,
1: they're That's the run key. the football. They're, a lot. they're gonna have to be able to run the football. Now, in, in past, New England for the most part had they they've had seasons to where they didn't run it so well, or as a season prolonged, they got better in the run game. If they can't run the ball this year, it's gonna be a poop show of a season. If they can run the ball um they're gonna be closer to to being a uh a, a playoff team brand you got it's gonna come
3: down it's no, gonna it's, come down
1: to if they in. can beat miami oh, he's not there no that's and,
2: real and... i got it nate no one's there it, if i were to tell you that matt patricia your favorite detroit lions coach of all time were calling the plays for mac jones this year how confident do you feel does that change your mindset at all? I know, you know, but just like think about that a little bit and and just kind of, I feel like Bill Belichick will have some insight into what is going on, even on the offensive side. I thought that before, and I had this thought process, Bill's going to try to prove to the world he can just do it all. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's even.
3: So I think, I think there's two benefits to having to, from, for Mac Jones going from a more complicated offensive scheme and system that McDaniels ran to probably a very simplistic offense that Matt Patricia
0: and Bill have come up with. All right, guys. Is this the year Josh Allen wins MVP? We've been waiting. It's uh, the the stars are aligning. And who better to tell us about it? (laughs) yeah,
3: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, definitely no bias here. Um, I think the main thing we're going to look at is number one, there are four categories I want to talk about statistical improvement year over year. Um, I'm going to get a lot of pushback from 2020 to 2021. There's a lot of different reasons why there was that setback. And I know people are going to say extra game, but the bills were a significantly better offensive team. In 2021, with the one exception that we're just gonna throw in a bag of, mm-hmm. and call it the exception. It's anomaly. called the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, don't he know lost what to ha- the
0: better Josh. Like,
3: I yeah, right, fair. I like I, I cannot explain. I like I don't think there's anyone in football that knows football that talks about football that can explain that game. So we're just gonna throw that in a trash can and say this is the exception. <laughs> it was the, the humidity. Rule.
2: They wanted I, to test whatever, out the man. idea of not watching like, film or practicing. I'll that. tell you
1: what it was. I'll tell you why the Jacksonville Josh Allen was better. But I can't say it. But oh, yeah. we'll Do leave all the people in the comments to speculate because they like to say, say a lot down there. So,
3: <laughs> I mean, the comment section is always popping at Football it's got 365. Um, number two, uh, decision-making. Like, year over year, he makes better decisions Um, he still has zero turnovers inside the red zone, which is incredible. He's four years in as a starting quarterback, zero turnovers in the red zone. Um, this is where I'm going to go out on a limb and say, we talk about the comparison between him and Cam Newton and him just being a better version of Cam Newton because he, he's a, he's a better He's a better passer, which is absolutely accurate. I'm going to go on record saying Josh Allen is a better athlete as a runner than Cam Mm -hmm. Newton was. I like you're going to you're I'm going to get I'm going to get quite a bit of pushback on here. But if you look at the tape, look at speed, look at his ability to break away from defenders in the open field. Look at his ability to take hits. Yeah, it's, not like no he, it's not like it's not it's not like he ev- he evades all the hits like Lamar Jackson. So athletic. He can just outrun everyone. He can evade hits. He's going to get to the side and get out of bounds. He's not going to take big hits. Josh Allen trucks people like it's kind of like you see him do things where you're like, I don't think that was a smart idea. He pops right back up, gets up, going. like he's more durable.
1: Cam did that for decades too. Um, I'm for that argument. With, like, I, I'm okay with that. Nate saying Josh Allen's a better athlete. Um, you know, in the runner and open field, has more wiggle, more twitch to him. I'll say this: Cam Newton, because Cam Newton didn't have a lot of twitch. It was deceptive twitch. It was deceptive. Uh, in the open field, he didn't necessarily look fast, right? He didn't always catch him though, but he he didn't run away from people. But man, when Cam Newton when he lowered his head, it was something special uh a lot of times, right? Um but That's so I, true. Josh Allen is a better version of, a much much better version of Cam Newton. That's crazy to say cuz Cam Newton was an anomaly in 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 his own right. I mean, Yeah. I, I was Fif- 15 out. and 1 he was a he was a Falcons yeah. field goal away
3: from being sixteen. The only the second sixteen and 0 team in NFL history. Like that. That's how good that MVP of Cam Newton was.
2: Yeah, I, I want to point out minutes. under pressure, this mm-hmm. dude. I mean, he he was tops in the NFL and big time throws under pressure in the NFL a year ago. Had the most first downs mm-hmm. of any quarterback in the NFL under pressure. Uh, he was fourth in yards under pressure. He led the NFL in touchdown throws under pressure. This is the toolsy big arm quarterback that, you know, the NFL scouts and GMs are looking for. We talked about it on after further review uh, on the latest episode, when we discussed Will Levis, the connection and, and the whole idea behind Will Levis at Kentucky being compared to Josh Allen, we brought up the fact that Josh Allen thrives because of his mobility and his ability to move around and every single thing that Nate, has pointed out is, is spot on. I don't see any reason why he couldn't be MVP. Uh, you know, honestly it's between him in my, in my eyes and Tom Brady and it's, it's a pageant show, right? Like it's going to be whoever wows everybody the most, but Tom Brady probably gets the edge in my mind for MVP this year, just based off of this potentially being his last year. So we'll see, but I think Allen puts up incredible numbers.
1: Yeah, and look, it just some of those stats that you just kind of you know uh, rambled off to us, Brandon. And y'all know how I feel about Day Bowl, and y'all know that I feel this offense is gonna actually be better. Which people be like, "How?" You know, they were crazy efficient the past two years in the red zone. Uh, you know, points per possession, all things like that. But man, I, I, the the OC's job is to make. The game as easy as possible for Josh Allen. Josh Allen makes the game look easy because he is who he is. It's not because Dayball was making it look it was making it easy for him. So I think Ken Dorsey, Miami Hurricane great national champion, you know, I think Ken Dorsey is going to make this offense um, just a well oiled machine. I don't think Josh Allen will have to do those Superman things uh, to, you know, Get, get that same production.
0: All right, let's talk about our league winner series. So these are guys you can get later on in the draft. And they have the possibility, I feel like, that they could bring you home some fantasy gold. Uh, so the guy I'd like to talk about today, Ramondre Stevenson. Very, so we were just talking about New England. We were just talking about how much they run in the ball, how run-centric this offense is. Ramondre Stevenson is not even the starting back right now on the depth chart in New England. So you're probably like, how is that going to work? He's stuck in a straight-up platoon. Great delivery.
1: You sold me.
0: So let me (laughs) tell you why I think that this guy can be a winner. Damian Harris is a smaller back, and if they're going to run the ball as much as I think that they are this year with their lack of weapons on the outside, I see there being enough carries for both of them to produce around 1,000 yards. And Ramondre Stevenson, if Damian Harris gets – Banged up. He's a smaller back. I look at him as I looked at Sony Michelle last year, who came in and he won me a he won me a couple leagues picking him up late in the season because his he got he was the only healthy back. He ended up coming down the stretch being a top four back off the waiver wire and won a lot of people championships. I think if you can have Ramondre Stevenson, even if you don't have to start him early, but you get him in that second half, maybe acquire him after like a slow couple games or something. He could be a player that brings you down the stretch that is a straight-up league winner. We saw him last year at the 126-yard game late in the season. This man was 12th in the league in yards after contact. He's up there with elite names. He's a bruiser, and he's improved his pass catching in the offseason, trying to get more receptions out of the backfield. This is a guy late in the season when the winter comes and they got to run through the winds in Buffalo like they did last year and they got to run through other teams because they don't have other receiving targets that are elite, they're going to lean on this man. This is the power back. This is the bruiser. This could be the LeGarrette blunt role that New England has been la- lacking for the last five, six years.
2: Yeah, to touch on uh, the Damian Harris thing, there, were some, or there was some speculation that they were shopping him around. So I there's that, yeah. there's the potential mm. that there is that potential there that Ramondre is going to be the number one guy. He could be the the lone number one guy at some point if they were to actually do that. Now, I don't know what the market's going to be for a Damian Harris, but it, I think in the long run, Ramondre takes Well, here's over the that thing. In
0: fantasy say. drafts, you're taking Damian Harris in the fifth or sixth round, maybe higher. Mm. Ramondre Stevenson, you're getting him in somewhere between eight to ten. Yeah. So for similar production, I'm I'd rather get this guy in the 8 to 10 rather than reach for the guy.
1: And, and look, the, the 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 thing about everything you're saying Woody is obviously we're talking about fantasy football, right? But as fantasy footballers, we have to intertwine the two. Ramondre Stevenson is a much, much better player and just a more talented player than what Damian Harris is. But and Bill likes his weird little pieces. Right, and that's not saying Damian Harris is not talented, because he like, is, exactly. but Ramondre is extremely talented. If he can Big hold on fast. to the ball
0: and, mm-hmm.
1: and just do the small things, um, he's going to have a long career uh, in the NFL. So, no, he definitely, that's a, that's, a, that's a good plug. I think there's some risk there, but I, I do definitely like the talent there. He's definitely uh, a guy you're gonna have to weather the
0: storm. Yeah. You gotta you gotta wait out the platoon and wait for the, the dust to settle a little
1: bit. Yeah. Don't wait too long though. Yeah. Don't don't wait too long. <laughs> yeah. We've been there before. Don't yeah. wait too long. Don't wait
0: too long. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Football Scout 365 podcast. Be on the lookout for the new episode after further review. Bijan Robinson uh, for CJ, Nate, Brandon. We're out.